Welcome to episode two of Mountain Mindset. My name is Andre Manzuk. I'm a mental performance coach, professor of sports science, and the founder of MZK Performance. This week, I'm so excited to be joined by Cirrus Tan. Cirrus is a rock climber from New Zealand. She's the reigning national champion and an accomplished coach and trainer. During this conversation, Cirrus and I examine some of the strategies that she uses to maintain and enhance her confidence and motivation, particularly in the lead up to competitions. Cirrus was a really fantastic guest to have on the show, and I truly believe we can learn from all of her insights into self-care and self-compassion. On that note, let's dive into our conversation. Cirrus, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So to kick us off here, are you able to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of where that leads you to now? Um, so yeah, my name is Cirrus Tan. I currently live in Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, I'm 28 years old and I've been climbing for, I guess, half my life. Um, I do climbing coaching and online coaching as well. And yeah, I've recently come back from the Olympic qualifiers, which was held in Sydney, Australia. So yeah, it's good to be back home now and sort of getting back to normal life. <laughs> and I'm right in thinking you're the reigning New Zealand national champion, is that correct? Yes, so in 2019, I won the National Combined Championships, which meant I could compete at the Olympic qualifiers. Yeah. Fantastic. And then what's something that we might not know about you? Um, well, I was going to say that. Um, <laughs> but um, what don't you know about me? Uh, whew. I guess for me, like, I've been struggling a bit with, like, focusing on, like, indoor or outdoor climbing. Um, and recently I've gone more into the indoor comp scene. Um, and even though I do still do outdoor, outdoor climbing, it's more just kind of for fun and just for like my mental well-being at this stage. Um, but yeah, at the moment I'm more psyched on doing comps and pushing, yeah, pushing my abilities there. Fantastic. Thank you for that overview. So Good. to start us off here, is there any, is there any standout moments from your career to date, either in the comp scene or, or maybe outdoors? Um, I guess the, yeah, winning the nationals was quite a standout for me, I think, because that was the first time I had kind of set a goal for myself to actually really want to win. Um, so when that did happen, it was a massive moment for me because it, it meant that everything I did leading up to it kind of made sense and all everything was worth it. Um, and then, yeah, being able to then compete at the Olympic qualifiers was pretty awesome as well. Um, just being able to compete against some you know, strong Australians, um, and just the whole experience of going over there, obviously with COVID happening as well, um, was yeah, super memorable. I think all of last year was quite memorable in general for me. Yeah. It looked like a really strong field at the Oceana event, and that must be so validating to achieve those outcome goals along the way. Exactly. Yeah. I think because I've mainly competed in New Zealand, I didn't really know how to stack up with the Aussies um so I mean it was so cool, cool just to go there and be a part of it but the fact that I was able to do some of the boulders and I wasn't 
you know, I was able to sort of give them a bit of a run for their money. Felt pretty good because, yeah, as I said, I've never really competed internationally and that was kind of my first uh, first experience. And, yeah, there were some some strong climbers in the field. So it was cool to be able to keep up with them on some of the, some of the climbs. Uh, I'm sure the first of many experiences to come to. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about successes there. Have, have there been any challenges along the way and, and how have they affected you either at the time or in hindsight? I think, as I was saying earlier about sort of the, uh, I guess, the contrast with indoor and outdoor climbing, that that is a bit of a challenge for me uh, currently. Um, in terms of New Zealand comp scene, there's not a lot of climbers that do competitions um, consistently. A lot of them sort of get into climbing for the outdoor aspect. Um, and so I've always felt this pull of like, should I just be doing outdoor projects? Like, is that what makes me, I guess, you know, a climber? Um, and uh, yeah, why am I doing these indoor comps? Like, what's the point? You know, it's, it's sort of been this conflict in my mind. Um, I guess in the last year or so, it's sort of, um, for me, it's been validated why I do um, these comps. And because, I mean, one, they're super fun, but also it's like, for me, it's the ultimate challenge is that, you know, there's the date of the comp, you've got to get ready for it. You know, it's not like an outdoor project where that's just going to sit there for the rest of your life and you can come back to it when you want, but it's going to be waiting for you, you know. So I think that slight sort of urgency um, makes me more excited about comps. But definitely, I think currently in New Zealand, there's a lot of climbers that um, are more indoor, uh, outdoor climbers, sorry, and I think for that, it's felt like when I train for indoor comps, um, I feel like I'm kind of doing it on my own a lot um, because there's less people into it um, and there's less people training for them specifically. So it does feel a little bit for me like, yeah, I train on my own and I've kind of got my own agenda going on. Um, and then when people ask me to go outdoors, it's kind of this conflict of like, oh, what's going to be more valuable? Um, so that's probably one of the biggest challenges, challenges at the moment that I face. How do you find training by yourself? I know a lot of climbers uh, are increasingly moving towards training in small groups or with training partners. Uh, do you find that motivating? Do you find that isolating? I think I would value training with maybe one or two other really strong climbers. Um, the trick for me is that um, it's hard for me to find the right person or the right people. Um, and, and for that, I've just kind of been doing it alone. Um, also, I kind of like to structure my own um, program and I kind of end up kind of following my own schedule in a way. Um, and because of my work, it's kind of, I, I'm free at random times, times of the day, not just necessarily sort of after work hours. So I do sort of nip into the gym at random times and I just kind of get it done on my own. Um, but I do I do agree. I think that if I had one, you know, one or two really psyched uh, climbs that I could train with, I think I could take my climbing to the next level. Yeah, that must be, it must be really empowering to be able to write your own training programs and rely upon the knowledge base you have there as a, as a coach and a trainer yourself. Yeah, it's definitely good, but also it can be maybe a bit of a downfall because you end up doing what you already know, right? And you yeah. end up doing what you're used to and familiar with and comfortable with. Um, and then it kind of, yeah, it can take like an external coach or an external climber to be like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And then that can kind of make you better. So I guess um, because New Zealand's it's still, you know, it's a small country, we're still developing climbing. Um, there's not a lot of coaches. There's not as much, I guess, uh, resources for me. Um, so I have found um, some people online, like overseas, that have helped me with some programs as well, which has been really cool. Um, 
but yeah it, it has been good like being able to just do it mostly on my own but I think I'm also at the point where I should look for outside help if I want to sort of yeah step it up a bit yeah I guess it's finding that balance between uh, the comfort of your own programming and the perspective of of having others kind of take a look at it along the way exactly yeah I mean you'll know about that as well <laughs> So how about your mindset when it comes to approaching either life or athletics? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Mindset, okay. Um, I think at the end of the day, if you know why you're doing something, <laughs> that's kind of all that really matters. So if you find your why, essentially. So if you find like your, your purpose. Um, for me, I think climbing got a bit confusing when I wasn't sure why I was doing it um but in the last couple of years it's been really clear to me like i'm doing it because well one it's super fun but also it's a way that i can inspire others to train hard and climb hard like that's like in the most basic sense why i climb um and i i kind of just chose climbing to be the vehicle of that um for me it's uh it could have really been anything um, any sport it might not have even needed to be a sport but um yeah, I think for me, it's it, yeah, it's about inspiring others and helping others um, to also push uh, in their sport um, and train hard towards it and just show that process. Um, yeah, so for me, when that was like validated, anything I really did, it, it was just like if it connected to my why and my purpose, then I was like happy to do it. So that's what what it brings back to like that outdoor indoor climbing thing I talked about. Like, if me going to the gym and doing an hour of training um, is gonna so align with my purpose better than you know going outdoors and cragging all day or something like that then then that made sense for me so I think it's kind of like yeah figure out why you're climbing if it's climbing that you're into um and make sure it's because you want to do it you know it's like an internal reason um and then because then from that like anyone that says anything or like you start comparing yourself with it doesn't really matter because you know why you're doing something and you know why you're passionate about it so I think that's been it was quite a huge turning point for me when I sort of realized this a couple of years ago because um, then I've just stayed really confident in like all my decisions. So you mentioned that at finding your why was a really big turning point what was that process like how did you how did you go about doing that? I guess I just did a lot of like journaling at, the, at that moment and I just quite simply wrote down why do I climb you know um listed everything what do I like about it what don't I like about it um and yeah that's kind of just what I came to and, and since figuring that out it's just made so much more sense um I don't climb because I want to push a certain grade or uh you know it's it's yeah it is about like something I love and secondly about inspiring others and um yeah as I said I've just used climbing to to portray that I really love hearing that connection between the reflective process and how that informs your your future or your day-to-day -day actions I think that's that's really inspiring for a lot of people to hear so how about when it comes to performance or, or even self-care and wellness are there any skills or strategies or tools you use to to kind of better enhance your performance or, or better recover or, or take care of your your kind of mind and your body outside of the performance realm? Yeah. Um, I guess what I was doing so leading up to the Nationals in 2019, um, I, I, I write a lot of stuff down. Um, 
And what I was doing about three months before that comp was that I'll write down um, one thing in my journal that um, I did every day to get me closer to the goal. So, and it could be as like simple, like it could be a small thing, but as long as it made sense, um, that was all that really mattered. So what I would do is I would, um, yeah, for 90 days, I just wrote down one thing that I did to get me closer to the goal. Um, and that just helps with my confidence. So not necessarily for like performance on the day, but it just meant like any time I felt sort of like I wasn't strong enough to compete or am I good enough to be a coach and, and tell people what to do if I'm not at a certain level, I would like look through this uh, journal and I would look, look through you know, essentially 90 things that I had done to get me closer to the goal at this at this time was to be the national champ. Um, and that just gives you, yeah, a boost in confidence and makes you feel like you've done something every day to get you closer. It doesn't matter where you start, but that's um, essentially the process I was doing. Um, so when it did come to comp day, I just like, just before stepping out and climbing, I just like read through this journal and went, wow, I've done all these things like for me, that's gotten me closer to, you know, to winning. Um, and yeah, that just helped with my confidence. And it just means that you're not comparing yourself to what other people are doing. Um, you know, you see a lot online of how people are training and you kind of go, should I be doing that? And, you know, you kind of think, oh, should I add that in? Should I take that out? And then you're just bombarded with options. Um, but yeah, having this was like something that I really held on to because it was something that I did. Um, that made me stronger based on where I was. And so it meant that when I did see things online, like of people being super strong and the other competitors I was going against, it didn't really matter because I was like, well, I've got my process and I was trusting in that process. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think that's such a powerful tool and so simple on the face of it, but so well used in terms of being able to look back. And you spoke a little bit about comparing yourself to to others and I think this is a strategy that really allows you to compare yourself to where you were and, and to really highlight a lot of the work you did along the way. Exactly so you're kind of comparing yeah yourself to your yesterday right um, which is way more useful to you than <laughs> the other person that's been maybe climbing for 10 more years or is just in a different stage of, of climbing or performance or whatever sport you know um, it's almost irrelevant what other people are doing um, use it to help you um, but yeah I think Stick, stick with your process and as long as you're sort of stepping up um, one day at a time taking small steps I think that will get you yeah closer to where you want to be. That must have been so uplifting was it always part of the plan that it's something you'd review come competition day or, or was that more of a spur of the moment spur of the moment thing? It was probably quite spur of the moment to be honest um, I kind of just was like I was at a point where I was looking online at what competitors were doing and I was starting to doubt what I was doing and I was starting to doubt if I was strong enough um, and so this was something that I was like well okay look at where I'm at the moment and what's going to help me today uh, what's one thing I can do today that's going to help me get you know slightly better slightly stronger um, and yeah that's just kind of what I held on to because it's, yeah it is quite personal but I think anyone can do it and it doesn't matter what stage you're at anyone can start doing this um yeah try it for three months um yeah see how that goes again thank you for sharing that with us that's such an insightful takeaway into something we can all do every day and it's obviously so useful for elite performers like yourself so I mean we touched on it a lot there we spoke a little bit about habits and routines 
Are there any other habits or routines that have been a, a real game changer for you or you've kind of cultivated over the years? And then part two of that question is, is how do you go about building these habits? I know that's challenging for a lot of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, trying to find the right balance uh, has been a big one between what, I guess, yeah, what you do um, and yeah, just, just knowing when, like, you just need to rest mentally, physically, and just be okay with being able to just take a few days off because you'll come back stronger. Um, I think a lot of climbers and a lot of um, athletes kind of fear resting because they think they're going to lose uh, anything that they've sort of gained over the years. But I think for me, the yeah, the, the most valuable moments have been when I've taken maybe a week off and done something totally different and irrelevant and just kind of come back with sort of fresh yeah fresh eyes and fresh energy um and you know just because you've got in your schedule that you've got to train these days and you've got to climb these days you know like just see how you're feeling in the moment because you, best thing for you in that moment might actually not be to train it might actually just be to just roll on a foam roller for half an hour watch a movie and then just get an early night you know um and for me i'm usually quite a very like structured person so I used to sort of just be like, no, but Monday's like handboarding day. I've got to do it, you know, and I was, I used to be very uh, scheduled and I used to just stick to a plan. Um, and then I think now a couple of years uh, ago, I kind of just started being a bit more, um, just listening to my body a bit more um, and just going with, yeah, what feels like my body needs. And if that's rest, it's rest. Um, if it's, and that's my same thoughts around food as well as about um, just, yeah, what do I feel? What do I feel my body needs to sort of refuel and recharge? Um, and that's what you need to do, I think. Um, yeah. So it's all well and good having a plan to train, but at the end of the day, you've got to be adaptable on the day, and you've got to really think about yeah what you need in the moment. It sounds to me like you do a really good job at um, kind of structuring your training and laying out this overarching plan, but also providing flexibility and kindness to yourself to listen to what you need on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it yeah. sounds like that came with maturity, right? That's something that we learn over the years. I think so. It's maturity and also learning like, you know, a couple of times when you get injured, it's kind of like, well, what have I been doing these last few months? Man, I've been going way too intense. Um, you know, maybe I wasn't thinking about my sleep and nutrition and I was just trying to train and then, you know, I was doing too much hangboarding and that's why my fingers were sore. And, you know, like there's usually a, a reason why an injury comes about. And for me, I think a couple of injuries came about because maybe I was pushing it a bit too much um and my body was just kind of like nope <laughs> so yeah learning to just kind of ease the expectations um and even for me outdoor climbing um currently is just super fun and it's actually really relaxing um and i've kind of gone to the point where i'm so happy to just walk to a crag and just not even look at the guide on what what grade things are and just be like that looks fun i'll just try it you know which has been so like liberating because you're not like oh this is a grade this i've got you know you suddenly have expectations um sure if it's too hard then maybe <laughs> don't try it because you might hurt yourself but you know um just saturday just being I, that's exactly what i did i just walked up to the crag and thought that looks like a fun climb i'll just give it a go and i didn't have expectations and that's yeah i'm just i think i'm just being a bit more relaxed a bit more fun um and yeah adapting with how i'm feeling I saw a, a quote on social media the other week from a track cyclist I follow, which said the races are won on the couch. And it was a, a picture of them recovering after a long session. 
Um, I, I think that's I kind that. of something something I've been trying to keep in mind with a lot of athletes that I support over the last few weeks. It's uh, It was a refreshing perspective, especially from an elite performer. For sure. It definitely makes you feel better when you are just on the couch. <laughs> You're like, yep, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> totally. So, I mean, how much how much tracking do you do if you're training? Do you, do you kind of keep a regimented training log? Like, what does that process look like for you? Leading up to, like, a, a serious competition that I want to do really well, then, yes, it's quite structured. Um, it'll be maybe, like, a sort of four-week blocks um, where I focus on different things. Um, and then within each of those weeks, I would have probably written the sessions that I want to complete for that week. Um, however, at the moment, um, I'm kind of in a bit of a relaxed go with the flow state um i guess just with my experience i know what how i should be training and um, what i need to do if i want to train a certain way so i'm at the moment not really following a program um, i'm kind of just doing stuff at the moment that is like um, just going to keep my joints healthy to be honest just kind of uh checking with the physio as well just like how do i get my knees stronger how do i get my shoulders stronger just to like build a better foundation because I don't want to just go straight into like some intense strength and power and I'm not feeling, you know, stable in my joints. So at the moment I'm just taking it really light. I'm doing mostly body weight exercises, um, a little bit of hangboard, but nothing intense. And then just enjoying like climbing really. Um, so yeah, not much of a plan currently, but if I did have yeah a serious comp coming up, I'll probably write a pretty detailed uh, plan and stick with that. And it sounds to me like your background in strength and conditioning and personal training really plays dividends there when informing your your practice on the day to day. Yeah, I think it's helped a lot because I think um, I think most climbers they just kind of get into climbing and they do a lot of climbing, um, and then they do maybe a lot of hangboarding because it's specific to climbing. Um, and what they tend to neglect is all the other major muscle groups um, and how to strengthen your shoulders and legs and um, antagonists as well um and that's more just to prevent injury but also helps you i guess climb harder and and it makes you stronger um so i think my background in like pt and strength and conditioning has definitely helped with that because i can just walk into a, a normal gym and, and know what i'm doing um <laughs> and know what muscle i want to strengthen and how i can strengthen that um and for me it's helped me a lot um because i'm quite i'm quite hypermobile actually so for me, like doing a bunch of stretching and yoga isn't very valuable, but doing strengthening around joints and in a wide range of uh, movement, that's really helpful for me. Uh, and it translates really well for climbing, you know, when I'm in awkward positions, which happens a lot, and I'm able to actually use my muscles to sit into awkward positions rather than pull my joints uh, <laughs> uncomfortably. So yeah, um, that my philosophy has usually been around strength um, and I guess, uh, you know, even if your climbing technique's amazing, um, if you just don't have the strength to actually stay on the wall and, and perform those uh, technical moves, then you can't go that far. So, yeah. So what, what I'm hearing there is that you kind of go after the low-hanging fruit a little bit when it comes to training. So highlight these areas in your performance profile or, you, or your kind of uh, makeup as an athlete where you might have room to gain and kind of focus on those areas. Is, is that kind of accurate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you spoke a little bit about the New Zealand climbing scene and we have some mutual friends uh, around that and you've spent some time in Canada, you've competed internationally. Is there anyone you've been inspired by along the way? Kind of uh, what did you learn from them if so? 
guess when I met some of these Australian climbers, it was pretty inspiring. Um, meeting like Oceana, who has the Olympic spot now, um, Tom O'Halloran, who's got the spot for the men's, um, Tom Farrell, and all these other climbers that I had seen online and watched like you know documentaries of, um, and then actually just like training with them the two weeks before the comp. That was pretty cool because I could just like kind of see how they were feeling, you know. It, it, in the end, it was all just like the, the big take home for me was that, that we're all human. Um, we all have down days and we all have our own um, insecurities and struggles. And, um, yeah, it was really uplifting for me to climb alongside of them, um, train with them at different gyms and, yeah, just kind of, I guess, just be, yeah, be around that scene because, yeah, as I said, in New Zealand, it's pretty small um, and I don't get that much here on my own. Um, so having that connection was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, another climber that is um, in the States that I look up to a lot is Kyra Condi, actually. Um, as we know, she's also got the Olympic spot. Um, but yeah, she's she's similar to me in that we started a little bit older, sort of like in our teenage years. Um, so we didn't get introduced to it as a kid when we were like three years old. Um, so it means in a way that... Um, you are a little bit behind all these other kids, but at the same time, it shows that if you put in the effort and you train hard, like you can just, you can catch up and surpass them, which is cool. Cause that's kind of similar with me. So um, yeah, it's nice to be able to um, resonate with an athlete like that. That must be really inspiring. And and did I hear that you have an opportunity to train with uh, your competitors at the Oceania Championships in the lead up in the two weeks beforehand? I think I saw some YouTube videos yes. you produced on that too. Yeah, so I um, I arrived in Sydney about maybe two or three weeks before the comp um, because well, I just needed to train and I had done pretty much zero speed practice uh, during lockdown because I don't live near a speed wall. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so it was yeah, it was just really cool to be able to go to different gyms with them and just kind of see where they were at. And it was fun to work on like similar moves with them and just like, um, you know, race against them on the speed wall. And that was all, yeah, it was really, really fun. For sure. How have you found speed climbing? Because obviously you're kind of a combined national champion, right? Like that's one third of that process or that competition. Yeah. How, how have you found that? Is that yes. something you had a lot of background in beforehand? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so speed, uh, like most, I guess, boulderers or lead climbers, uh, when that was sort of uh, one of the components of the combined, um, people kind of thought, oh, crap, you know, like, should I bother because this is like speed is just a whole different world um and I've um I've basically just been doing bouldering and sport climbing uh for you know 12 13 years and then suddenly I've got to do this new thing which felt like a new sport essentially and I've got to compete in it <laughs> and it's a third of my result um and also I was like the slowest most static climate ever like I just hated dynoing I hated jumping I, I just yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very difficult for me to learn speed. But like once I embraced the challenge of being like a newbie again, um, I actually found it quite fun on some occasions. Um, and also it made me more dynamic uh, for bouldering um, and also made me um, feel like it's okay to fall <laughs> a lot, which is cool because you fall a lot in speed, especially when you're just practicing, like learning initially, you just fall. Um, and it sort of taught me that it's okay to just really go for it. And if you fall, you fall, but it might pay off and you might actually get a good time. Um, so looking back on it now, um, 
I actually yeah enjoyed the fact that speed is in it. I think that um, having speed in it as well means that we're going to get like all rounder climbers, um, which is kind of exciting. And it's been really fun watching like boulders and lee climbers try to do speed climbing. Um, and it's been cool that a lot of the athletes have like embraced it. I think. Um, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't consider myself a speed specialist after a little bit of uh, experience. I think um, my bouldering and lead uh, result in that comp definitely carried me through. But in saying that, I still did put an effort to train on the speed wall before that comp um, just to get a little bit more fam familiar with it. And I think that made the difference. And it sounds like in hindsight, you, you got a lot of major takeaways from that experience, almost learning a new skill, like you said, a new sport when it comes to speed climbing. You mentioned that you found it yeah. kind of fun and enjoyable. Why do you think that was? Why do you think it was it was so fun to, to do that? I think the fun thing about speed is, you know, it's the one route and you've just got to do that fast. Like, it's very simple. Um, and it was fun being able to climb alongside uh, these really strong, like, boulders and sport climbers. And we were all just kind of at the same level with speed, you know, because it was like a new thing. <laughs> so it kind of, it was fun because at the start, you know, it took me like 40 seconds you know, and then the next time I tried it, it was like 30 seconds. And that initial process of getting good at something was quite exciting. Um, and just working out like the right beta and, you know, it, yeah, it is a bit repetitive, I guess. Um, but it was, yeah, I think it was kind of entertaining. And uh, I think I, I did embrace it in the end. And I, I think that uh, I think all, all climbers should just give it a go just to be like, I've tried to speed climb, you know. Well, props for embracing it. Have you, have you tried it? Uh, yeah, we have a we have a speed route, a couple of gyms here, but the Richmond Oval just to put up a new kind of speed uh, speed section of the facility. Um, I'm the same as you, very static, very slow. It's uh, it's a real crawl up the route, but I, I can see how, <laughs> and this is something I hear from you. I can see how addicting it can be to see that progress. Obviously, after yeah. you've been climbing for you know 15, 20 years, after all of that time, we very rarely see that progress in other elements of our of our sport, right? It's like you don't shave ten seconds off your off your time, you know, relatively speaking, in another another discipline. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we started that conversation now talking about people you've been inspired by, and I'm curious: is there anyone that's offered you some really great advice along the way? And maybe could you share with us what they what they passed on to you? I think the first thing is what you focus on like happens. So what, what you feed grows essentially. So if you're really focused on something in a, in, and you're really positive about something, then that's going to happen for you in that way. But in, in contrast, like if you're thinking about something really negatively, you don't think you're going to succeed at something, you think it's too hard, you think you'll never get this move, then that will probably happen. Um, so yeah, quite simply, yeah, what, what you feed grows. Um, and I think that's actually... Yeah, it's, it's simple, but it's so true. And that loops back around to the intentionality you spoke about when you uh, detailed how you're writing down successes for every day and steps closer to your, your outcome goals. It seems like that's really in line with that intentional approach to, to performance. And I mean, I'm making assumptions here, but life outside of sport too. Yeah, so true. Like, even if the intention is to rest and blob out and eat junk food, like, there's a reason why I do that. You know, like, and it's because it's good for me mentally, it's good for me socially, all of that, which makes me, I think, a better person or all, all rounder, uh, not just climbing wise. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's that's true what you said. 
Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So thinking back, uh, we're, we're really similar ages. We're in our late 20s. And thinking back to however much I hate saying that, um, but thinking back towards when you were a little bit younger, maybe kind of 10, 15, perhaps even 18, is there any advice you'd offer a younger Cirrus? Uh, any kind of lessons you've learned along the way that you'd impart that wisdom back? Yeah. I think the interesting thing with me is that I never had climbing parents or family that were climbers. Um, if anything, they actually didn't really support me climbing. Um, I I had to beg to get driven to the climbing gym, you know, once a week. Um, and then once I was old enough to get a driver's license, I did so I could climb, uh, drive myself to the climbing gym. Um, and when I was young and I didn't feel that support um, or, or the understanding of this passion that I had, um, I thought that that was a huge disadvantage because I saw all these friends that had, you know, had been climbing since they were five and their parents were climbers and they always would go out camping and outdoor trips and all of that. And I was kind of always a bit jealous and I always thought, oh, I'm never going to be a good climber because I don't have that support and I don't have that network. Um, but I guess as I got older, um, I actually see that a bit more as like a blessing in disguise because it meant that I continued climbing because I love it and there was no pressure around me doing it. If anything, it was like, it was a bit of a barrier for me to do it. Um, my parents saw it as quite dangerous and, you know, like sketchy. Um, so the fact that I'm still doing it today um, and the, the way I started it was because I, I really loved it and I, I found a passion for it. Um, so yeah looking back on it now i'm actually quite um quite maybe grateful that i don't have a climbing family that forced me into it and had that expectation of oh you're going to be a really good climber because your parents climb um because i didn't have that support um actually it worked out really well for me because it meant it was coming from me and, and my desire to want to climb and, and improve so yeah i at the moment i i'm really grateful of that journey actually what stands out to me throughout this conversation, Cirrus, is how often that you uh, reframe these challenges from the past, right? You, you take these events or these stumbling blocks or roadblocks along the way, and you reframe them into, into kind of opportunities. And I think that's something I see in a lot of uh, elite athletes, uh, and it is really inspiring to, to hear. Thank you. Yeah, even, I mean, I guess of, with last year of COVID and all that, um, Initially, it was really lame because the comp got cancelled and obviously lockdown, couldn't train, all of that. But, uh, you know, looking back on it now, it was a perfect opportunity to to rest and have a little reset and just kind of figure out what I'm doing and why I'm doing, you know, what I love. So, yeah, I think it is, it is a little bit about spinning a positivity <laughs> sort of light on a lot of, um, I guess, what could seem like a negative at the time um, and sort of growing from that. Well, it seems like lockdown didn't do anything to dampen your internal drive or motivation for for the sport. Yeah, if anything, I think it's actually just helped it along, uh, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, we were all in lockdown, right, at some stage. So it wasn't like I was the only one sitting at home not training and climbing. It was like we were all going through the same thing of not being able to climb unless, you know, we've got home wall. But, you know, so I think being able to just be like, okay, well, this is a kind of a global thing that's happening to us. Well, how can I make this uh, a positive and, you know, not feel like I'm missing out and, you know, it, it's it's about me, you know, it's actually like, we need to go through this for the, the safety of the world. So yeah, I do. Yeah. At the moment, I see that as a bit of a positive for my climbing journey. 
yeah, that's such a, I mean, thank you for sharing that perspective with us. That's such a holistic view of, of sport and performance. So thinking towards the future, you've mentioned you're really psyched on comp climbing right now and maybe outdoor climbing's a, a little bit more about, about self-care and exploration for you. But what, what does the future look like for you? What's the next couple of years uh, and maybe even further afield? Do you have any, any plans or projects you're psyched on? I mean, when we are able to travel again, <laughs> who knows when that will be, but I'd really like to go overseas to Australia, Canada, and yeah, back to Europe to just get on some like really exciting and fun routes outdoors. Um, I guess for the interim, when I've got to stick around New Zealand, it's not a bad place to be, but um, it'll be mostly around just kind of, yeah, exploring some of the places I've, I've not even been to uh, in New Zealand. Um, and yeah, I've got uh, like lead nationals coming up just in a sort of a month's time. Uh, we've just had Boulder nationals last week. So there's sort of things to look forward to along the way. Um, I'll probably, uh, participate in most of those comps along the way but big picture um i guess with everything that's happening i'm not um sort of committing to anything but i'd like yeah i'd love to travel and i'd love to go to some beautiful places to climb and just uh yeah nothing specific that i really want to climb but it's more just to explore a new place with the ability to be able to climb there i'm, I'm sure all of us based not in new zealand are, are jealous to hear that You've had competitions flowing in the last couple of weeks and the month upcoming, and uh, we look forward yeah, to welcoming feel... you back in Canada. Yeah, it does feel a bit weird having comps, and then I know a lot of the country is still in lockdown. Um, we are really, really lucky here, so um, yeah, super grateful we can still climb and go to the gym. But yeah, I am excited to go to Canada again. Um, hopefully, you can show me some good spots. Totally, yeah. And then, so what's your support system look like? You've kind of mentioned... Uh, some coaches along the way you chatted a little bit about your parents uh what's your support system look like is, is there any one or any organization that you'd like to to speak a little bit about um currently macpack which is a new zealand outdoor clothing brand they support me a lot in what i do um which is awesome um oxen as well as sort of my climbing shoe uh sponsor um but outside of that it's it's just my climbing friends really um it's my clients as well. They're a huge support for me. They push me to go to do these comps. Um, I, sometimes I feel, like, oh, sorry, I've got to leave for a few weeks. And they're like, go, like, this is why we want to work with you. Um, so that's cool being able to sort of um, either move some of my work online to be able to work remotely um, while I'm traveling and training um, to do what I love. Um, that's been really cool support. Um, also, a couple of people I met in the UK uh, earlier last year um, have helped with me with my training and, and a few physios as well have helped as well um, because as I said New Zealand's pretty pretty small and we don't have people that specialize in climbing uh, specifically with like physio stuff so it's been good to be able to sort of get on the zoom chat with them and just be like hey what's happening with my finger how do I how do I fix this um, but yeah yeah, and I'm sure your clients uh, and the people that you train really appreciate having you as part of their team as well. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah, I think initially when I was traveling a bit, I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm just never around and going to, you know, but actually I think they look at it in quite a different way. They actually think it's really cool that I'm doing what I like and they, they're, they're inspired by it. So yeah, they tell me to go, you know, they're like, just do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, it's cool having that support and knowing that, um, yeah that, that they want me to go 
Well, Sirius, thank you again for your time today. It's been wonderful to have this conversation. I really appreciate you offering your insights to uh, to myself and to our audience as well. Is is there a is there a main takeaway you'd like to you'd like to leave us with? Any any final words of advice? I think the main thing we've been going on about this conversation is a bit more just kind of general wellness, really, and just kind of not don't be too hard on yourself. But um, a quote I really like is to just fill your cup up first. Um, and then serve others with the overflow. So you're no good if you're you're knackered and you're you're burnt out. You know, uh, make sure you're looking after yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, um, doing what you need to do. Um, and then from from any overflow energy that you've got, then you can spread that around, and you're going to be yeah way more inspiring to others. I, I really appreciated that underarching theme of um, self care and self compassion throughout this conversation. Um, I think that speaks a lot to your development as an athlete as much as as a coach or a trainer too. Yeah, so, and I think like I'm in, it, I'm in it for the long haul, you know, like I want to be climbing when I'm 80 years old. Um, so that's kind of my outlook is like, is this going to be good for, for me to be still climbing at, at that age um, because I love the sport? So I'm not sort of thinking, you know, sort of short term i'm thinking long term um and, and these are the things that i've put in place to be able to get me yeah get me climbing basically till i'm old yeah that's a thank you again for sharing that perspective with us that's so wonderful to hear from a from an elite athlete like yourself so where can people connect with you i know i know you do some coaching you train some clients uh you produce some youtube videos of, of your journey along the way which are just like a really great insight into uh, the competition scene and, and how that how that's been over the last couple of years but where where can people find you where can they connect with you where can they train with you sweet uh yeah just instagram just either type chicks and chalk or just sirius tan i don't think there's many many of us around you'll find me pretty easily um youtube just sirius tan um yeah i i do some random training videos um i did some a video of like sort of uh behind the scenes of the oceania's olympic qualifier comp before it happened um and then also I've done recently like isolation videos because that's all that's been happening. Um, but yeah, if you want to, I guess, get me to help with any online coaching, um, I do more specifically coaching with female climbers. Um, but yeah, mynextprogram.com is my website. Um, but definitely if you're a dude, <laughs> I can still help you. Um, so yeah, just yeah, connect with me, message me. I'm always happy to offer some help. Sirius, again, thank you so much for joining me uh, today on Mountain Mindset. It's been really great to have this conversation. Uh, and I, I've loved hearing your perspective on on training and on, like I said, compassion, self-care and wellness along the way. Uh, so I really appreciate your insights and I'm sure our audience will too. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for reaching out as well. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a pleasure. So thank you. I'm so glad that you could join me for that conversation. I really appreciated hearing how Sirius integrates self-care and self-compassion into her training process. Unfortunately, that's something that often gets lost when we think about high performance. If you enjoyed this content and want to see more like it, then please take the time to give this video a like and subscribe to the channel. If you're interested in connecting with Sirius or following along with her journey, I've included links to her YouTube, her website, and her Instagram in the description. I've been Andre Manzouk, and you've been watching Mountain Mindset. Until next time.